Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for It's a Disaster. Lexi is uh, Peter's wife. Lexi is Buck's wife. Buck's Emma wife. is Pete's wife. OK. Yes. All right. Oh. Hi. OK. Hi, Ann. Hi. Where'd you and Tracy meet? Online. No shame in that. That's where we found our vet. That's great. That's really good. Yeah, it'll help you get through this. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Hey, who's uh, who's this other guy in the picture with Tracy? That's uh, no, that's Roger. No, that is Roger. Emma's moving out. Why? Why? Ah, because we're getting a divorce. I thought you wanted to wait until the end of brunch. You guys haven't heard? Heard what? That a bunch of dirty bombs were set off downtown. Uh, what's a dirty bomb, bro? Is anyone infected? Infected with what? With whatever's out there. Well, we don't know what's out there. And that's exactly what's scaring me. Put some clothes on. Why bother, man? Let's go out the way we came in. We're all going to be dead in, like, three hours. <laughs> We're not going to last out here. Well, maybe you should learn to show up to things on time, huh? Things are going to degrade very quickly. rules of society are going to break down. Your life is going to be in the hands of the people you can trust. Ta -da! Do you have any weapons? Guns, mace, crossbows? Oh, oh, what? Well, it w you just, it was building to the big finale and you just cut it off right before it ended. Oh, God, I'm sorry. It's having a party? Brunch. I guess I missed my invite. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Nigel Smith from IndieWire, and tonight's guest, Julia Stiles. Welcome, Julia. Thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. I feel so tech savvy. So tech savvy. No, I'm not. <laughs> so couples brunch, I have to say I'm kind of uh, embarrassingly familiar with uh, the setup to the film. Oh, oh. Oh. oh, you're familiar with couples brunches? A little bit, yeah. I'm sorry. I know, I know. So why don't we just... Or do you host them? We're, I don't host them, no. I, I'm usually just a guest. <laughs> yeah. But why don't we first um, kind of like uh, give everybody here and everybody listening to the podcast a little bit of context to your character and to how she kind of fits into this, uh, this big ensemble. Um, I'm the perpetual singleton in the group. So everybody else is married or engaged, and I keep bringing a new guy to each brunch. And I, this time around, bring uh, David Cross's character, who I've gone on three dates with. Um, and I don't know, that doesn't bode well for the future of their relationship. But uh, yeah, I guess she's, she's very neurotic and picky, and, uh, and everyone's always giving her a hard time about why she can't find a guy. She certainly doesn't take long to introduce him, you know, to uh, all, of her all of her friends. Yeah. So. And then just when things get really bad, and they they the the whole movie is about how they slowly lose um, 
they can't get the reception on TV to watch a football game. They can't get internet on their cell phones. They can't get um, uh, the radio to work. And technology is failing them. And then they realize it's because these dirty bombs have gone off. But they're all so in denial of the fact that the world is ending and that they're going to die in three hours. They, they, they focus on really mundane things and the relationships start to crumble and um, my character is more focused on the, like, all the things that she didn't do in her life. But just as, just as like, she starts to realize that she really likes David Cross's character, then you know, it's doomsday and there's no hope for the future. Sorry. And David Cross's character also has some secrets in store but we're going to not no, don't let anybody know. That you have to pay for the movie to you find out about. You have to pay for the movie to find out about <laughs> David Cross um, playing against type. He's a lot of fun in the movie. Um, so the premise, you know, the overall premise of the film is, you know, pretty familiar, the end of days scenario. But the way that the director and writer of it, Todd Berger, goes about it is, you know, pretty pretty original. Is that what appealed to you about about the script? Yeah, I, um, I he just has such a, like, unique, witty sense of humor. He's whip smart. Um, I had met Todd, he did a movie called The Scenesters um, that I saw after uh, it had gone to some festivals and I really liked it, but um, all the guys in the movie except for David are part of this comedy troupe called The Vacationeers and I got to know them in LA when I was doing a play um, and we would hang out a lot and they, and, you know, they asked me to do um, a, like a bunch of viral videos with them, some shorts. And I did just for fun, and we had a great time. And then Todd sent me the script for It's a Disaster, um, and I just thought it was hilarious and so like specific to his sense of humor, which is kind of like an old school sense of humor where it's not all about like gags or a punchline, getting to a punchline or situational comedy. It's more about like each character. You get these like one-liners that you could miss, but it's almost the kind of movie that if you watch a second time, it's even more funny. It is a funny movie, and I was going to actually ask you about the, the comedy aspect of the film because, I mean, you, you, know, you, you became uh, well-known to the masses because of uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a, a comedy, but you've also really done you know, a lot of dramatic work over the course of your career since then, um, apart from Silver Linings Playbook, which I last saw you in, which you know, was a huge comedic hit. Um, have you been wanting to kind of you know, explore comedy more, and is this kind of played into the reason why you took this role on? Um, I mean, I like to think that I just surrounded myself by other funny people and can take credit for it. But um, I, I, yeah, I just think that I have like a dry sense of humor that doesn't, I, it, I like the kind of comedies that um, come out of characters, characters as opposed to like um, broad comedies, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice to go to set every day and laugh and not have to cry. While awaiting for the end of the world. But I'm not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have a scene from the film. Why don't we uh, watch the scene in order to give everybody an idea of what the film's like? Oh. <gasps> oh, shit. They look terrible. I like Jenny's jacket, though. Hey, Jenny, I like your jacket. Thanks. Hey, uh, could you guys let us in? What's going on out there? It's bad. It's Real bad. Can you be more specific? I've seen things. Could you maybe name one thing? <laughs> Look, Gordon isn't doing so well. Do you think you could let us in, please? Um, actually we can't, because we already duct taped the door. Well, can't you just retape it? But if we let you guys in, you'll infect us all, so 
I'm a doctor. I don't make this shit up. <laughs> We're not gonna last out here. Well, maybe you should learn to show up to things on time, huh? Is that what this is about? Every brunch, Jenny. Every brunch. It's just really inconsiderate. We really tried to make it here on time. No, you didn't. You didn't think about punctuality or how it affects other people's lives. Some people make dishes that are hot and meant to be served at the designated eating time agreed upon. You're just so mad about the thing with Claudio, aren't you? Let's not rehash old wounds, Jenny. You've got much bigger problems now. It was New Year's Eve, Tracy. It just happened. Who, who is Claudio? <laughs> Open the door, Tracy. Okay, bye Tracy. now. That was some cold shit, Tracy. Yeah. Now, you it's know, true though, punctuality is really important. It is. Especially it is. when you have three hours left. Of course. In the world. Now, I didn't find that act so much as cold as, you know, as, um, what am I trying to say? As, uh, that, I mean, that's what I would do. Really? Well, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to get infected. Your, your character to me seems like the level. It's true. There's no time the for, group. there's no time for, uh, politeness and common decency when you've already <laughs> duct taped the door. No. No, these, all these characters, too, are like, you know, they're flawed. They're not the most decent human beings. Yeah. And they also want to survive. And they want to survive. So what would you do in this scenario? I mean, did you, you know, in terms of characters, is the character that you play, like, the one... Did she fit the mold of what you think you would do should this kind of scenario so arise? So many people ask me that, and it's so hard. I, I actually think I would kind of be like her in the way that she, uh, up, up up until the end, where she's so does not want to face the reality. Like, she's looking for her Adderall. She's, um, she's dwelling on her dating life, like, totally in denial and distracting herself with mundane stuff so that she doesn't have to face the reality of um, something that's, like, hard to understand, too, to wrap your head around, like, somewhere in the somewhere downtown, a dirty bomb went off. Um, uh, what would I do? Yeah, I would be... I, and eventually they all decide to, like, mix some cocktails, and, and the whole premise of the movie is, like, are we, gonna, are we gonna go out with a bang, or are we gonna die a slow and painful death? Yeah. But yeah, I would, wanna, I would wanna be with my friends in a house, having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so one thing that struck me while watching this film is, um, this might be a strange observation, but to me, it seems like you're really, really driven to dialogue, uh, kind of driven work, you know? I mean, given your uh, connection to Neil Butte and um, your fondness for the Bard, Shakespeare, you've done a lot of, you know, films that have been adapted from his work, and this film as well is kind of theatrical in a sense, in the sense that it takes place in one location, mm -hmm. that it has an ensemble, that there's so much text. There's so a lot of wordplay, and it's like yeah. it's much more about the characters in the scene as opposed to like uh, action. I guess. Why is that? Where does that passion for you stem from? It's just what I enjoy doing with my time when I go to work every day. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, if, honestly, with this, it was just an instinct. It was like I read the script and I thought it was funny. Um, and I make a lot of my decisions that way. Like, uh, if I feel like it's a movie that I would want to go and see, if it's a character that I can contribute to. Um, uh, even some of the action films that I've done, like the Bourne movies, those are still rooted in some kind of reality and, and yeah. something that I can wrap my head around and, or relate to in terms of a personality, you know, not mm -hmm. just running from things. 
It's just more fun. I can't explain it. Yeah, yeah. Good dialogue's fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, where does it come from? Like, I grew up in New York City, and I, and I was exposed to theater, which was really wonderful, and I guess it comes from that. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a lot of indie projects in the works, and you've done some recently, but it seems kind of like a, a, a more recent foray. You know, you've, uh, y- you're known a lot for the, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You and for the Bourne films, but are, is indie film really where, you know, the good roles are now, do you find, or...? You know, around the time that I made It's a Disaster, like, I had done a slew of indie films, and so it's so nice to finally have one that's coming out. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. Because it's hard for them to get get an audience um, and get distribution. Uh, For me, it doesn't really matter, like, what platform I'm working in or what medium. It's so much more about the material and the story, um, if I feel like I can contribute something, and also the people that I'll be working with. And if it's, like, a big movie, a small movie, TV, uh, a play, it doesn't really matter. Wonderful. I, I like to <laughs> I like to sound like I, I. I mean, I am thoughtful about the decisions that I make, but it's sometimes you just like go with the flow. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. I'm not as in control of my life as I would like to think I am. <laughs> but enough about me. Enough about um, me. It's so funny to me that people are waiting in line to get their iPhones fixed while we're sitting here chatting. Who's having more fun, us or them? I am. Yay! <laughs> Do you have a question? We're actually going to open it up to the audience, but I would love to start with you if you have. Uh... Julia, what was your experience like in the Bourne Ultimatum, and what was Matt Damon like from your point of view? And you came prepared with a written question in a notepad. Oh my God, I'm so flattered. Um, the Bourne Ultimatum was awesome. I mean, I got to live in Morocco for like a month, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was such a. That's one of the best things about my job is I get to travel to these exotic locations and live there for a good amount of time and work with locals and get a real feel beyond what it's like being a tourist. Um, interestingly enough, it was Ramadan when I was there. Just thought I'd add that. Um, and Matt Damon is great. He's such a thoughtful, hardworking guy, and also manages to have a lot of fun with with his life and his career. Have you seen the new Bourne movie? I have. Were you a fan? It's different, but it's, um, it's different and similar in ways. You know, I enjoyed watching it, sure. Anybody else have a question? Every time I turn my head this way, I hear clickety, 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 click, 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 <laughs> click. The shutter speed goes rapidly faster. So when I do this, it's okay. And when I do this, it's like, la, 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 la. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Um, would you rather um, work in Hollywood films or independent? Oh, um, you mean studio films versus independent? Um, I, like I said, it doesn't really matter. It's much more about um, the. It, for me, it like really comes down to the script. And if I would go and see that movie, if I feel like I can contribute something, um, and the the director, uh, or like or I guess I should say who's in charge, um, creatively. But but. They're just, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, studio films are guaranteed to come out in theaters, but um, something, you know, they have they have their own sets of pros and cons. Independent films like this one, um, it's a much tighter-knit group of people making it, and um, you have worse catering, but that's okay. There was something really special about this movie where we, um, we didn't have money for trailers, so we would all um, get changed and like have our break time at a house across the street from where we were shooting and it turned out to be this wonderful thing where we were just all hanging out all day long instead of going 
and isolating ourselves in these Winnebagos. Um, and I made some really good friends, uh, you know, as a result of n not having enough money in the budget. But with a studio film, you know, if it's something that you can be proud of, then it's nice to see it come out and, ha and, and have a real like, campaign and push for it. They're just different, they're just different animals. Um, what was your experience like working on set in Disaster? And ha have you directed a movie before? Like, uh, I had a lot of fun making It's a Disaster. It was super fun. It was great. Um, I have I directed a movie before. I mean, I uh, I've I didn't direct this. I hope right. Okay, just making sure. Um, I just didn't understand the segue. That's fine. Uh, I directed a short film called Raving that was um, Zoe Deschanel was in, and it was at a bunch of festivals. Uh, I think it's broken up into pieces online. But and then I just directed a web series that I wrote called Paloma. That's on this channel called Wigs. Um, I think you go to watchwigs.com. There's a series that I acted in um, that Rodrigo Garcia wrote and directed, but then there's also one that I wrote. It'll be coming out, I think, in the spring, later in the spring, called Paloma. And the Rodrigo series is blue, right? And the Rodrigo series is called yeah, blue. Yeah, you can find yeah. that on YouTube? Uh, YouTube and watchwigs. Watchwigs.com, okay. I think. Great. Yeah. Cool. We're also on Dexter, and you choose some interesting roles, but you're active in Habitat for Humanity. What kinds of projects are you interested in that have a lot of heart? All of them have a lot of heart. No, um, I like how do, like, do they overlap? Like, <laughs> like what? I like how Dexter was a segue into that question. Yeah, is there a cause that would be related to Dexter? Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Um, that's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, education is really important to me. I grew, I went to public school here in the city until middle school, and I just feel like it's really, and I was lucky to go to a good public school, and I feel like it's really important to, ha for, public education is important, period, but, but especially arts programs, which I was exposed to, are very important. I don't know that that ever translates that well into movies. I mean, there are a couple of movies that I could think of that are, like, Lean on Me is a good inspirational teacher movie, but... Mona Lisa Smiles. Mona Lisa Smiles, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I'm about to go to, um, the work that I did with Habitat for Humanity was in Costa Rica, and I have traveled a lot in Latin America, which I really enjoy, just for my own sake, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know if I have a good answer to that question. I mean, there are causes that are important to me, but I don't go into making a movie and think, how can I send a message to people to support this cause, if that makes sense? I feel like they're kind of separate. Luckily, the movies that I make empower me to promote other causes or support other causes, but, um, but I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like medicinal movies. Like, like uh, Well, that's not true, now that I say that. I like when you walk out of a thought-provoking movie and feel like there was a message that was inspiring and positive, so I take that back. That didn't answer a question at all. Is there any role that you've been offered that you have turned down? And is there any reason why you would? Um, y there are roles that I've turned down. There are roles that, there are roles that I didn't get, that, but I don't have any regrets about either of those scenarios because I always feel like, the, the, aside from the fact that I still like to believe that things happen for a reason, the, 
I can always see with casting like somebody else fits in that part better. And or like there was a reason like if I turn something down, it's usually because I don't feel like I can contribute more than anybody else could. Um, what was the other question? Oh, and why? And, and why would you turn down a role? Like, have you been offered a script and you've gone, no way, I don't want to do that role? And is there like something that keeps coming back to you that you go, no, I don't want to do that? It's yeah, it's usually if uh, if I feel like I can't I can't connect to it or I can't contribute something, or if it's some if it if it's not exciting, if I don't feel, like I usually go for the things that I think would be scary to do. Um, except for it's a disaster, which just looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks, hi. Um, you said you do a lot of indie movies and uh, um, there's a lot of like um, promotion comes from social media right now. And I'm curious, how do you feel about it? Do you do, you do like Facebook, like updates. Uh, how do you feel about like this direct promotions? I feel so conflicted about it. Thank you for asking. Um, I was so living in the 18th century for a long time where I didn't want to join Facebook or Twitter or any of that stuff. I didn't even have, I had a smartphone up until about a year ago and then just recently got an iPhone. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really want to engage in any of that for a long time. I, and, then, and then I felt left out, so I joined Facebook, and I got I kind of hooked on Facebook for a second. Um, and then I finally just joined Twitter. And I, I feel like it's the kind of thing where you just have to, first of all, you have to embrace it because it's, like, it's just there. But um, it's the kind of thing that could be fun and used in the right way, and then it's the kind of thing that can be kind of white noise and obnoxious. So just just how you choose to use it. But I'm still struggling with that. Like, I don't want the instant thoughts that are in my brain to be automatically made public and broadcast over the internet, although it doesn't really matter because the feeds are so, there's so much out there that it's like white noise. Um, and, you know, I like, pe people that I work with encourage you to use it in a promotional way, but then you sort of, I feel sort of icky being like the shameless self-promoter, even though everybody's doing it. So I'm trying to figure out how to keep it like creative and fun. Um, mostly I actually like social media stuff for following people that I admire and I'm interested in or bands that I like. Um, or, you know, it's a good way to keep in touch with friends and family that you're not around all the time. It's, all, it's something that we're all figuring out. And I do feel like, and maybe, I hope I'm not alone in this, like phone calls are gonna be what the thank you card is. Like, <laughs> like it'll be a sign of a, like a super classy act will be to make a phone call. Because now we just text and Facebook each other. And yeah. Facebook has become a verb, which is also weird. So piggybacking off of that, um, I know a lot of independent films, they are their budgets are a lot tighter for marketing and advertising. So would you say that a lot of times the producers expect you to do that? Or can you speak more to that? Because again, these indies don't have a big budget like a studio film would. Well, I mean, you make a good point, which is that uh, especially a movie like It's a Disaster, it's, it's got a very specific kind of sense of humor and uh, maybe a niche audience. And so it's been able to, they've been able to use social media in order to help it build an audience. Um, and that's really positive. It's almost like what happened with the music industry where like now bands c that normally could never get a record deal can get their music out there and find an audience, which is f wonderful. Um, and in terms of like, yeah, I, I don't feel any pressure. It's encouraged to like promote something, but it's sort of if you, if you want to or not. Although I've heard that there are like 
Sometimes, like on TV shows, people have in their contracts that they have to tweet a certain amount. But I, that's, I don't know if that's true. It's, I haven't experienced that. In their contracts? That's what, I, that's what I've heard. Wow. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Um, Julia, how much do you prepare for a role? And what happens when you clash with the director's point of view? Or oh, yours? shit goes down, let me tell you. So, I'm just kidding. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, it depends on how much... Well, I mean, there are certain things that I have to prepare for more than others. Um, like, if it's something so distant from my reality, the, the web series that I'm doing, Blue, I play a call girl, and I, I have never experienced that. So I interviewed a lot of call girls, and I met a lot of people that work in that industry. Um, but for this... Um, this was a lot more just about memorizing lines and getting comfortable with everybody. But uh, uh, if I clash with the director, I, I I haven't had that experience. Like I usually I usually I'm lucky enough to work with directors that I like. I respect them so much and their vision that I just try to fulfill that. And so I'd like to think I'm a good communicator and we don't scrapple, but. I mean, like, Todd and I were already good friends, so it was kind of easy to just... And I thought he wrote a great script. So, like, some of the scenes that you see in the trailer, I'm literally just imitating Todd. The intonation in my voice is just knowing how he would say those lines. I'm going to ask one last question before sure. we wrap up. Yeah. Um, now, you're one of these rare actresses who kind of straddles every medium, you know? I mean, like you said, you're doing this online thing. You uh, appear in a lot of TV series, and you also do film and theater. Um, like, what do you get from each medium, and why do you feel the need to, you know, stretch yourself the way you do as a performer? Maybe I get bored easily. I don't know. I, um, uh, I, I because I, f I feel like they complement each other. It's sort of like like a painter can be a photographer and a sculptor at the same time. A musician can play many different instruments. Like, I will. I'm so driven by material, but also like in the scripts, but I, and what I'm interested in, like what kind of stories I'm interested in telling at any given moment, and it changes monthly. Um, but I'll be working on a movie and just have this like hunger to go on stage because it's like a muscle that needs to be exercised. So um, I'm lucky to be able to move back and forth between mediums, sort of a jack of all trades, but a master of none, I don't know. but. You know, and, and, and things come up. Like, it's nice to... I'm always pleasantly surprised. At, like, I cannot predict where my year is going to go. And I can't really control it either, but I just kind of accept that as part of my job. Well, thank you so much, Julia. And the film comes out this... April 12th. But April it's on 12th. demand now if you want to buy it on... You can buy it on, it on iTunes. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much for coming.